hello everybody out there in Music Video Land and welcome to a milestone, episode 100 of the Music Video Land podcast. My name is Adam. Uh, I have, I've been, I think I, I did around almost all of them, 99 of the 100. Um, and uh, I'm a co-founder of IMVDB, the Internet Music Video Database, which is bringing you this podcast. And uh, with me through almost all the, well, all the episodes is Mr. Doug Klinger. He has a better record than me. He has 100 instead of 99. How are you, Doug? Doing super good. How, doing 100 good. Um, yes. And then with us, as usual, is Mr. Adam Alexander of Fringe Music Fix. Um, I was going to say recent addition to the podcast, but not so recent anymore. Um, Adam has been with us for like 15 episodes, a long time. I think it's, is, have you counted them? Oh, wait, let's, let's say hello to Adam before I cut oh, him yeah, off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Not bad. We're, we're doing extra good today because this is one of those, sometimes just things kind of converge and, and milestones um, come together because we had mentioned, I think, in a blog post at the end of the year of 2013 that we we're going to hit 100,000 credits in March, and we just did a few hours ago. We're at 100,182. 100, that has been a milestone that we've been looking for for a long time, and it just happens to be on the same day that we're recording our 100th podcast. It's fucking Illuminati shit right there. I'm drinking beer for this one. I brought be the I brought beer back to the podcast uh, for, for uh, memories yeah. for memory's sake. Uh, yeah, you used to have you used to be doing a lot of drinking during podcasts. I did. I was a sad day, sad time in my life uh, where I was drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we're always usually for almost all the episodes, especially ones where we had like big, big interviews. We definitely. Maybe he had a beer beforehand. I think we tried to do an episode completely sober once, and it was awful. Yeah, right. We did one in like the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like forgot what to do. <laughs> uh, so, um, so for this podcast, we're as usual as we always do. Um, this is recording on Thursday. We always talk about the the weekend music videos, and there were some interesting ones to talk about. But we're going to talk a little bit about um, just the. The podcast in general, we'll, we'll, you know, because we've done 100 episodes, we've done a lot of stuff, a lot of interviews, um, and we're going to play a few of our favorite moments from those podcasts. Um, oh. Oh, and they're not a lot, just a few, because, you know, if anybody has sort of recently started listening to the podcast, we used to do interviews on the podcast. We've actually done 75, IMVDB as a whole, and Doug in, in specifically has done hundreds of interviews with directors and artists and uh, DPs and commissioners and all sorts of stuff. But on the podcast, we have done, I think, around 75, 76 interviews, starting with uh, episode one, which was in February on February 15th, 2011, um, with three people, uh, Mike Diva, Petey Flo, and Josh Haraway, and we were talking, about, talking to them about their video for The Left Right's I'm on Crack. This was... Uh, just a few, maybe, I don't know, maybe like six or eight months before Mike Diva became internet famous for the Sexy Sax Man video. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, and, and Late Show famous. I think they had him on Fallon or something like that. They did. Yeah, he did. He blew up. And now and now he's doing a lot more stuff. He, he does a lot of YouTube stuff, but he, I think he's signed to Lord Danger now, where he's definitely directing music videos through them. So that's fun for, for Mike Diva. I was thinking about if we wanted to thank anybody, and there's two people I think we should we should thank for sort of helping us out at the start of the podcast. One of them is Derek, my brother, who composed the filmed insert 
theme song that you hear at the beginning of I don't know why we have a theme song. <laughs> uh, it seems sort of completely unnecessary. It's just like every time I listen to the podcast, uh, um... you have to sit through the song. <laughs> Just like waiting for the song. I mean, it's a great song, and we we were so stoked about it when Derek sent it to us the first time, and we were like played it. And we're like, oh, this is so perfect. This is exactly what we envisioned. But like, the question is, why were we envisioning anything? And anyway, <laughs> but yeah, and, um, thanks, Derek. Yeah, he, he also, if you listen listen to the old interview episodes, he also composed the the interview transition music. Yeah, which we will also put here. Here's a clip of it right now. Played that when we were going in and out of interviews. Um, Demi, I can't, and how do you pronounce her last name? Pitch, uh, Pitchell. Demi Pitchell. So when we started the site, because we started this the podcast not that long after we started the actual site, <clears throat> um, I think we started the site in late 2010, like November, and we were doing the podcast by February. And the, the original sites sucked. It, if you went, if you went at the same time we started the podcast, if you went to the site, there was like 400 videos. It was a complete waste of everyone's time. Um, but I think that you know, it, it's uh, it's hard to overstate the uh, level of outsider uh, that that Doug and I were. Not to say um, that we're anything more than that now. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we were definitely that then. Um, so it was so it was really cool of Demi to hook because otherwise we wouldn't have had a, have had a leg to stand on to get anybody to talk to us for the first episode, and you know. The the guys who are on the and on the you know the first few episodes um, are nothing to sneeze at at all. We're talking about like uh, Ryan Reichenfeld episode six, Isaac Renz episode five, um, Ryan McNeil episode four. Here Mariah was on the, uh, episode nine. We had Ben Barnes, Jason Goldwatch, Alan Cordell, Doug DJ Doug Pound was on episode thirteen. It, they they put a lot of faith in us, so thank you guys for coming on the podcast. <laughs> And we use those clips heavily to try to get other people. It's like, here's us, here's us, here's us talking to this guy. Here's we, uh, here's us here. And so, uh, yeah, that's literally. I would, I would stutter in my emails. It was weird. And uh, uh, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we're we're talking about all these. I think we should play some. You you brought up you brought up uh, hero um, from when we had him on way back in in May of 2011. And uh, I think we should we should listen to one of these clips that we're going to listen listen to here with Hero. Yeah. So just to set this up, uh, Hero um, at the time he's directed a lot of amazing videos after after our interview, of course. Um, But at this point, he had directed the uh, video for Airplanes by um, Bob featuring. Whoever's a feature on Haley, the Haley Williams. Haley Williams, right? And he had nominated for a VMA. We asked him if he'd gone to the VMAs, and he said no. And this is this is what he told us. And, well, did you did you end up going to the? Or did you get to go to the MTV Music Video Awards as a result of the video? Well, um, actually, um, I opted out of going to the actual thing, um, and because they they were only you know. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to like celebrate with friends and whatnot, so uh, we did this like we we did this thing that we almost never do. We like rented a um, rented a room in some fancy hotel, uh, you know, and um, and just got drunk and <laughs> watched the VMAs. Uh, but the funny story about that is um, my editor, uh, my editor Isaac Isaac Hagee, 
um, who's pretty much edited everything I've done. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the party during the VMAs, he uh, ran through a glass plate door accidentally because he just didn't see it uh, and just got cuts all over his body. Um, and we had to rush into the emergency room. Um, so it, there was like this big whole fiasco. There's just glass everywhere. And he's like bleeding out of his face. And, uh, and we finally get him to the emergency room. And, uh, by the, and I finally come back to the living room where the TV is. I'm like, man, I cannot believe that happened. Oh and then, and then one of my friends who's watching the show the entire time comes up to me. He's like, oh, hey, uh, the, the show's over. Uh, you didn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we've also had, strangely enough, we've, I mean, we've had a lot of directors on the show, obviously. We've had, but we've also had a lot of rappers for some reason. Um, we had Brother Ali. Some reason because because we like rappers, right? It's just it's just it's one of those like subgroups that we've had a lot of people on from. Um, we had uh, Br- Brother Ali, who I dialed the wrong number for, and somebody thought I was pranking <laughs> when we originally called him. Um, well, we, we I had, wish we searched for that clip and we couldn't find it. We wanted to, we wanted that to be in one of the clips from this show, but long deleted. Um, we had uh, Prince EA. We had a few, a few other people. Um, Prince who, E. Prince E. Right. Um, but uh, we, I think the one of the biggest rappers we talked to was Evidence, and uh, we talked to him in two thousand March of two thousand twelve, so two years ago, and uh, we talked to him specifically about the topic of rap hands. And this is and check check out this clip. You know something you you know you know when you watch you know rap or hip hop music videos you don't really notice it, but once you mentioned it, I started seeing it everywhere. And you mentioned that MIA has really good rap hands and Jay Z and Drake. It, when you I mean when you have First of all, could you explain to us what rap hands are and how you how you develop them, especially for music videos? I mean, rap. Somebody I retweeted one of somebody put rap hand come from preachers, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're summoning a higher force. You got to move your body. You got to move your hands and swing those arms. It's it's really difficult for somebody to talk if you ever even noticed it. Like next time you're having a passionate conversation, just try to sit on your hands. It's, it's not, it's just, and the expression of moving your hands, it's just, the hands do everything. I read something the other day that said people get shot, you know, or, or stabbed or punched. They have the natural instinct to touch it. Like, that's going to do anything, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, well, I got stabbed. Let me put my hands all over this right now. I'm dirty of that. But it's it's what you do. You just do that. I don't know why. Same thing happens with rap. You gotta just move your hand. So, and a lot of people bite hand movements. I, I, and it tells me a lot about a person. Some people have really original hand movements. And uh, I think that's an extension of you. And, you know, it, it, I can't I can't like you all the way if you're doing, if you're doing Kanye's hand movements to the T. You know, I'm like, yeah. damn. Even if your rap is good, I'm like, damn. That's his hand. You're plagiarizing his, his, his rap hands. <laughs> Man. So yeah, I started out. I was watching MIA video, and she she was just dancing really weird. And but then she started like doing this little rap thing, and she started moving her hands kind of fresh. So I was like, oh, okay, this she's got good rap hands. And then I started thinking about it. And Jay Z, the most bitten rap hands of all time. Everybody does the Jay Z left hand, whack, whack it to the ground. And Kanye did that, and then Drake did it from Kanye and. Yeah, the, the, the Jay-Z, I think, and then I said I got to go back and find out where Jay-Z got it from. I think that might be Jazz O, 
for the jazz, not for Jay-Z. That was one of Jay-Z's mentors. And I know Big Daddy Kane was also one of Jay-Z's mentors, so I have to go look at some old Kane, some old jazz. We're le- it's a learning curve. Adam, have you By ever the- listened to any of these old episodes? Um, a couple. Uh, Emily Kai Box, um, definitely, but not that many. I'd like to listen to more. I'll need to quit my job and listen to them all. Well, actually, yeah, definitely. Or do it while you or do it while you work. But it's funny that I you say do Emily. That too. It's funny <laughs> that you say Emily Kai Box because that's that's a that's a that's one of the one of the clips that we have queued up here in our in our clip queued up machine <laughs> that we've got, and it's sitting here ready. I just got to hit this. It's uh, C one on this queue up machine. That was dumb. Uh, um. Uh, so yeah, we talked to Emily Kaibach way, Emily Kaibach way back in April of 2012, and uh, there's an interesting story um, about them shooting the Grimes Oblivion video that we wanted to share with you guys in this episode. So here it is. One of the things that was uh, I found really interesting about this video is that you guys, you know, looking at it, you kind of assume like, oh, you guys just went into the stadium and you know just kind of did it run and gun and just kind of you know were there without anybody knowing but you guys actually had like media passes and had like a 35 millimeter ca- camera yeah had um what was the decision because i know a lot of filmmakers nowadays w- would just say i oh, will just go in and if any if we get kicked out we get kicked out what was the, the decision behind you know saying we, we got to do it the legitimate way um it's funny you say legitimate um we got the media <laughs> <laughs> we got the media passes uh because there was a really sweet guy working security and I explained it was for an art project and he was like, um, I was also, I'm, I, I'm just finishing up film school. So I was a student at the time. So I, I kind of was explained to him that I was a a film student. And, um, I mean, I don't know if you, uh, noticed, but like Claire and Evan, um, and myself, like we look, pretty young and like unassuming and unprofessional and the cameras <laughs> were what got us like taken back into the security place where they where they asked us questions because the cameras are like massive um like intimidating like we had two of them and i mean they were like i don't know you've seen like a bl like 35 millimeter camera it's like i don't know it's really difficult to even like lift off the ground um so we got questioned and then by like me defending the like myself as like a student filmmaker that was making an art like art project like they were just like oh like you know like here's media classes and we were like i guess they felt guilty because we had spent like 250 dollars in tickets and uh (laughs) he was like you should have just called us before if if this is for school you know um kind of really like loose language like I didn't um it was we didn't lie but we didn't like say the whole truth and we all at the time we didn't know that it was gonna be like it it became sort of an issue when I had to assign the video over to 4AD um like we we we, like we didn't sell it but they like wanted to put it on Vivo and then in doing that there was like some issues with like release forms and um you know, stadium, like, or, or, like, permits for locations and stuff, and, and I didn't have any of that, so... <laughs> how, did you, how did you get that resolved? Well, they just, like, they were like, well, you have to take responsibility as the director if anything happens, and I kind of just, like, 
um, crossed my fingers. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. It hasn't been an issue since. I don't know. I've tried to co- get in contact with some people because we shot it at a, a university football game. There were some people in the background that some of my friends knew and we kind of, uh, anyway, maybe we shouldn't like talk about so much because it is a little bit, a little bit sketchy, the whole, um, yeah. We like sketchy whole... things. It's crazy that, um, not crazy, but it's interesting at the time we were talking to Emily, you know, we talked to her on the basis of the Oblivion video, which I think is still sort of a classic 2012 video, and just seeing her, you know, directorial output since then has been amazing. I mean, we, we named Afterlife by Arcade Fire one of our favorite videos, one of the top 10 videos of 2013. And it was, and it was just one. She just won five grand from the Prism Prize for that video as well. Um, uh, she best got a lot of, she, best she got, Canadian music video. She got a lot of mileage out of that video, definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the only people to be a two peat on the podcast is, is Dugan O'Neill. We talked to him originally for um, for an episode, and we did a thing where he just sort of joined us on the podcast, which was really fun. Um, you can't do that with everybody, but you can do that with Dugan O'Neill. Dugan O'Neill is also a, an incredible sport for coming to our hotel room in LA in March of 2012, I think. No, no, no. 2012. I, I Whatever, remember. one of those years, and and doing an amazing skit with us when we were we had no clue what, what the hell we were doing. Um, his, his, he basically like is because he showed up. We were able to like tie a ridiculous storyline together <laughs> because he showed up and helped us out. So yeah, uh, yeah. But oh, so, I, a few of the people we were kicking anyway talk. Well, I, I was just going to say that, so Doug, you picked out this clip, and in your notes you said, so we got the Lonely Island part, but there's also Dugan talking about knowing Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you don't remember that? <laughs> I do, well, I remember him talking about some actress, but I didn't know it was Jennifer Lawrence, because this is this is a, a year or more before she became, well, it was like, right after, super it was, famous. The, the title of the episode, it was from May 2012, the title of the episode was Hunger Games Ninjas, and what happened was, like, we were just talking about, like, making things popular or something like that, and you're just like, he's like, yeah, just take two popular things that people love and put them, and, and or no, no, it was mix anything with ninjas and you're good, so take something that people love and mix it with ninjas and you're good, and you were like, Hunger Games Ninjas, and he was like, oh, I knew Jennifer Lawrence, and and that was that. That was the that was the that's one of the clips. It's a funny the, the Lonely Island Coney Island clip is a lot is a lot funnier. And so I think we should I think <laughs> we should do it. I was living actually in Hollywood and in this area where there's like a coffee shop, really kind of cool area. And this was during the time this is like pre maybe even pre YouTube. And you know, I had made I was like just doing like, you know, music videos and just they weren't really going anywhere. Because there was no YouTube and like, but there was like the Lonely Island. Someone had shown me the Lonely Island website, and they were like the first guys making comedy, like videos and putting them on the internet. Like the first people. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like 2006, 2005. Yeah, yeah. It's like 2003, 2004. And so, I, but I was just like, me and my friends were like the biggest fans of these guys, and you know, I, I watched all their videos. And one day I saw. Uh, Andy and I think um, Akiva outside of this coffee shop I was in and so I ran outside without even really thinking about it and I was like yo yo hey man um, Andy yeah uh, my name's Duke I just want to tell you that I love Coney Island I love it <laughs> and he looks at me kind of weird I'm like it's the best I love it it's so good 
And he's like, yeah, it's Lonely Island. And then he just turned around and, and walked away. And I felt, I felt a little stunt, a little dumb. <laughs> felt a little dumb that I messed up the word. So, um, you know, Doug, you can introduce this to Sosamon Kesh, because this was your, uh, your idea for a little, yeah, for a little okay, shenanigans. So, <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> this is the stupidest idea. Uh, the podcast is full of bad ideas. And uh, one of those ideas, we used to have it, we still kind of have a version of it now. Um, when we had the interviews, we used to have, like, we called it the shell, where we would intro, talk about music videos, then intro the interview, and then after the interview, we would do picks of the week. And each week, both Adam and I would pick a music video and then just describe it. Uh, you know, just blow for blow. Which is really, everything which happens. is really entertaining to hear someone People describe a music video. Yeah, yeah. And so our joke was going to be in the episode that we interviewed Simon Cash that I was going to pick of the week um, his music video, and that it was going to seem like uh, he came out of nowhere to interrupt me. And this is so dumb to describe. He came out of nowhere to interrupt me, and and uh, and because I, I forgot to describe the fact that like we would record the shell at a different time, and like that was pretty obvious when if you listen to the podcast. And we pretended like we had lo- loyal listeners who would have picked up on that. And so we had Saman bust in to my pick of the week since I was picking his video and and describe his video instead of me. And that's what this is what that sounded like. Well, yeah, we gotta you gotta go first with your pick. Get your get yeah get no on no with your I'm, bad I'm, I'm, I'm so. I'm super ready for my pick because uh, my pick of the week is um, is actually by uh, it's a music video directed by Saman. I I was so inspired by by um, the interview that I just had to pick a music video that he directed, and so um, I did. My pick of the week is a song called Drunk, uh, and it's by an artist named Ed Surin. Um, hey, 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 it's 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 Ed. Hey, this is Saman. I'm still on the call. Uh, it's Ed Sheeran. Uh, you're pronouncing it pretty weird. Oh, 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 okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I, uh, so, go uh, in, go ahead. What? What? Go ahead. Continue. No, I'm I was, listening. okay. So I was just going to say that in this video, uh, um, Ed is there and he's, um, it, it looks like he's just, uh, probably broken up with a girlfriend. And uh, yeah, he sits. Are you? Do you wanna? Do you think you'd be? I'm just gonna do. It. Yeah, you're. You're. Uh, you're missing it. Okay. So it's basically about this guy who's tragically broken up with his girlfriend. Terribly. He's so sad. I mean, he might be on the verge of committing suicide. And while he's drinking, suddenly he has this whimsical moment where his cat comes to life uh, and uh, saves his life. It. Uh, it's. Uh, and there's this cliffhanger moment where. Um, you're not sure if, if the cat's real. That's right. Deep stuff. That's how you say it, Doug. Uh, yeah, that that probably is a is a lot better way to do um, a pick of the week than what we do. So um, with that, I I will say check out the video, uh, "Drunk" by uh, what? Say the name again for me because I'm not going to be able to. It's Ed Sheeran. You were yeah, asking I, for I, it. You were struggling. I guess, yeah, Simon. Why did you? Why did you? I mean, I know I'm shitty, but why did you do that? It's uh, it's my fault. I I'm he, in charge he, of audio, and I didn't notice he was still on. I apologize. Is he st- is he still there? He's probably gone. So there have been a few like shockers, I guess, over the over the few years we've done this podcast in terms of like 
just people kind of bringing up information that I didn't expect because we 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 did a lot of research, and that's part of the reason why we've kind of gone on a little hiatus of doing interviews is because they're very very labor intensive. I really like this interview for two reasons. One, we talked to Ben Fee uh, sh- relatively shortly after he directed the Ho Hey by the Lumineers video, but before it became sort of like an, uh, a ridiculous phenomenon in the U.S. When I, I don't think you even had a million views by the it time. It did not, when, no. And now it has 100 million. Yeah, and it's been on the chart. I mean, it was on the Hot 100 for a ridiculous amount of time. Um, it might actually still be there. So he told us the whole story. And uh, and here it is. I, I was wondering about this video because this is kind of like the first video for the band Lumineers and stuff. Um, uh, you know, what is it like to kind of be putting out kind of a first visual for a band like this, like this video is doing? Well, I've, I've known the Lumineers for a couple of years now, and um, I have a, a live music web series called uh, called The Sights of Sounds. And when I was living in Portland. I came across the Lumineers in a tiny, tiny bar one night doing a, an open-air show. And uh, I, I fell in love with them. I thought they were amazing. Their energy was, was just so fun and happy, and they were appreciative and grateful humans. Um, and I approached them about doing a couple videos for my web series, and you know they obliged, and we immediately filmed that night at like 1.30 in the morning in an apartment and we kind of bonded over that night and then over the following months. And uh, then I moved to L.A. and they, they would come and stay with me in Los Angeles. You know, during, during their travels, other people obviously picked up on their talent. So they got management and a, a record label. And uh, being close to them and knowing what kind of people they were, I, I really had a, an idea of, of what I thought should be presented to the world on their behalf for the, the first time. Um, I wanted to showcase their energy and how they incorporate people into their live sets because they always ask people to sing with them and join in on the choruses and call and response. And they're all such cute little mammals. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's great to watch them play because they enjoy not only each other's company, but they enjoy the other people enjoying their music. It's just it's a really, really positive experience. So, really long-winded answer. I just wanted to convey the energy that the band gives to the people during their shows to the people who see the video for the first time. I think we. I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna draw an audible here because I and I, because I put the when I assembled the list of of clips for our clip show. Um, I I kind of threw one in at the end, and I think we need to. Uh, I, I want to move that to now. I want to. I want to throw that one up now. Um, and it was like a little bit of a scoop interview that we did, and we did. And we occasionally, um, especially after we got a cool field recorder, I would do some interviews uh, in person. Occasionally, we would do some interviews in person. And um, one of those times was when Adam and I went down to Miami to interview Mayor Lavea um, about their music video work, in particular about the music video Glazin'. Uh, by the Jacuzzi Boys, and we got that. There was there was some controversy around this video, and and a few conflicting storylines about where the video came from. And and in this interview, we got down to the bottom of it, and that's what we're doing right now, here, right here. Now that's that's kind of um, how the Jacuzzi Girls, or excuse me, J- Jacuzzi Boys Glazing video was at least originally built. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, according 
to, uh, you know, according to the, your Vimeo page, it was um, actually commissioned by the band and stuff. Now, can, can you guys, uh, or at least like in, influenced by the band, were you, uh, can you guys kind of clear the air of like exactly how that went okay, down? That's exactly what happened. Tuesday Boys were, well, Danny the bass is a friend of ours, and uh, when they were coming out with a new album, I thought you guys wanted to do a video for it. And then we listened to the album, we liked plays, and so we had this idea of the, you know, vagina puppets. Um, like, oh, we're going to do it. It's like, oh, let me see if I can get you guys some money from the record label. The record label, Hardly Art, which is owned by Sub Pop, owned by Warner, but they're indie, quote unquote. They, um, they gave us like a tiny sum of money, like not really like a budget, but they gave us like, it's like embarrassing to even say the actual sum, um, to just like cover cost of materials or whatever. So then we made the video, and as we were making it, we're like, oh, this might be fun, like to not release it as us, but like to make up these personas of the different girls, and then put it different YouTube accounts, a Twitter account, like do all interviews, like as them, which we ended up doing some of them. Um, so then we released it. Oh no, as we were going to release it, band loves it. Oh, before we had done it, we had even sent like a list of the vaginas we were going to do all this and that. Um, <laughs> you mean like the characters, not yeah, the, the people characters. playing them. Right. No, no, not right, the right. people playing them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in case you were yeah. aware of these vaginas it already. A, it was the vaginas of the people playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> LeBron Ronald James vagina. Okay. He's got one. Um, everything was cool, but then once they saw the cut of the video, the record label decided that it, um, they couldn't do it. They couldn't release it because they said that they were afraid that George Lucas was going to sue them for the job of the vagina. They weren't okay with the Lord of the Rings vagina. And so then there was like this epic like email exchange where I would like try to explain satire and fair use and that they would not have it. We made a flow chart at one point why they were being assholes like and they didn't. So we ended up um, just leaking it, just releasing it because they wanted us to cut like the parts that we thought were some of the funny, funniest ones. They, they even wanted us to cut the LeBron James vagina, which is just a black dude. Like, it was a black dude yeah. with a basketball, and I'm like, yeah, the LeBron one has to go. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all are racist. <laughs> How do you know who's who? Yeah, but um, so we we leaked it, and then it went like crazy in the first like. So of course it got taken down from YouTube, or whatever. But uh, we had okayed it with Vimeo beforehand. And Vimeo is like more open to like artistic expression and all that. Um, but then, hardly art. The record label would send cease and desist letters to anyone who was hosting it, including us. We got like cease and desist letters, um, and even like we were like, "Look, we're gonna, we'll give you your money back. We'll just say it's a fan video. We'll, like, free, we'll sign anything that says like you're not responsible." They weren't about it. Even uh, the lead singer of the band's Facebook account got frozen because he uploaded the video. But by then it was too late because we had put a download link in the YouTube. So it was all over the torrents, all over everywhere, and it keeps getting uploaded. And for a moment, for a period, we were told that they uh, they had an intern whose only job it was to look for that video online and send cease and desist letters. That's so sad. But then we made our own website, which for legal purposes we had to host on the same host that uh, it's in Norway. It's where WikiLeaks and like um, what uh, Nambla's website is hosted. Like they just don't. <laughs> so that stuff is true. Like the Jacuzzi Gals portion, that's like folklore we kind of like. Up, yeah, and then, but the the fact that it's having to be hosted on WikiLeaks and all of the yeah, yeah, anger like, from the from the label, that's that's yeah. actually true. And so it's, that was um, the hottest interview I've ever done. That yeah, was, it was it very was warm outside. Super hot. It was like it was like November in Florida, and we were outside, and it was very very hot. Um, no, it wasn't. 
was it November? No, it was July. July fourth, you came down, I think, because it was because uh, that was uh, came out July twentieth, twenty twelve. Oh well, look at that. I'm very wrong about things. <laughs> um, so, and people have told a lot of stories on the podcast, and you know, obviously, they've told a lot of stories about. Uh, you know, everything. I guess that's what you do when you're on a podcast. You tell stories. So here, the clip you're about to hear is uh, music video director Cameron Duddy talking about one of the craziest stories we ever heard uh, throughout our, our episodes on the podcast of how someone got into directing music videos. Um, and it all has to do with a jacket and uh, Mr. Bruno Mars. Around that time that Bruno Mars, because my wife film, took the photos for his first um like press packet before he was anybody. She got hired by a guy named Nick Billardello at Atlantic Records. And I was unemployed and she was like, you want to come and shoot B-roll? You know? I said, sure. And I came down there and this guy was there. It was Bruno Mars and he was wearing this little fedora. And I, I filmed all day and he was totally entertaining. And uh, I was wearing this jean jacket. And... Uh, he was vibing the jean jacket and like between shots he came up to me and he was like, dude, uh, can I, let me buy that jean jacket off you. He's like, can I buy it off you? I said, no, man, this is my favorite jean jacket. It fits me perfectly. And he said, well, let me wear it. So I let him wear it for the, sh- for the shots. And at the end of the day, he's like, dude, I'll give you 300 bucks for this thing. And I, I relented. I said, no, dude, I can't. And this is maybe, by the way, when you hear the end of the story, this could be the pivotal moment of my whole career. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a jean jacket. And I said no to the 300 bucks, even though I paid 45 for it. And I cut together the B-roll from that day. And I worked with this guy, Nick Billardello, who's a creative director at Atlantic, with the video footage that I had. And we, we ended up editing, like, on the side for no money, this, like, rough cut to um, the other side, which was a B-side single for his first album. And it came out really great. So the label ended up like paying me a couple bucks, bucks to to make a couple revisions, and it was like a slam dunk for Nick, who had like pulled this rabbit out of the hat for no money. And they had this content for a, for a kid who didn't have any content, you know, Bruno Mars. They didn't even hadn't done any music videos for him yet. So it was a win win. And I remember Nick calling me. He's like, "Yeah, oh, we fucking crushed it, dude." And. Uh, you know they're good. They're, he's about to shoot his first huge music video for a song called "Just the Way You Are." He's like, "I'm, I'm lobbying hard for me and you to, to co-direct it." And dude, I'm, t- I, bro, I'm pissed, poor, broke at the time. Like, I don't have any jobs. You know, I'm, I'm just like on Craigslist trying to like edit people's reels and shit. You know, and uh, so I'm thinking like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I don't know anything. This is gonna happen. And they called me. And I forget who even called, but they were like, hey, is this Cameron Duddy? Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm calling about the Bruno Mars music video for Just The Way You Are. And I'm thinking like, fuck, dude, this is it. This is how they're going to ask me to do the music video. And she goes, yeah, uh, I'm the wardrobe stylist. Can Bruno borrow your jacket for the video? <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Of course I said yes. you know. But I said, can I at least do – I said yes. And I called Nick and I'm like, dude, I just got like the wind knocked out of me. He's like, I know. Fuck, I'm sorry. So, well, can I at least do the behind the scenes if I let them borrow the jacket? And they said, sure. So I showed up. And I did the behind the scenes. And I got to see Bruno again and I got to see Philip Lawrence again. And, and like we totally had a good time doing this behind the scenes. We were laughing and shit. Uh, 
and uh, and I got to stay in the in the you know the gravitational pull of Bruno at that point, and I, and then from there I kept doing the behind the scenes, and I worked on the, I did behind the scenes on Nabil's video for Grenade, um, and I did a behind the scenes on the late the first Lazy song. So I get the call at this point. I'm running like a sort of mini production company, to doing all a bunch of Atlantics like behind the scenes shit. And for Bruno stuff, I'd actually show up and shoot. Otherwise, I'd, I'd hire these kids to go out, and I would sort of produce the stuff on the side. Um, I was also okay. Well, no, I wasn't with Boulevard yet. So you know, I'm just doing shit uh, to make ends meet. And I got the call to do the Lazy Song. I remember I was in Vegas working on an event, like, you know, building a booth for L'Oreal at the fucking, you know, some clothing show. And uh, uh, so we, we go, I, I went to the, the shoot. It starred um, Sp- Leonard Nimoy. This guy named Nez uh, directed it. Super sweet guy. Great guy. It was a two-day shoot. And, and for whatever reason um, – Bruno wasn't in it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. This whole thing went down. I think Bruno sort of wrote the single off at the time. Uh, and I was there and we did this fake – we did like a Christopher Guest behind the scenes type thing where like got everyone to talk shit about each other in these candid interviews. I even got David Saslow, uh, now the GM of Atlantic Records, then the uh, head of video commissioning to talk shit about Bruno and everyone's talking about each other it was this funny like you know joke that we all had played on each other and done and, and it came out really cool to be the behind the scenes was really funny um and then a month later i got a call and yo the you know we're not going with that first vid- video uh his manager called me and said we're not going to go with that first video but the god the behind the scenes was really good man and you you know i'd been on tour with bruno at the time and i had a solid relationship with him and i you know i'd been doing a lot of his videography and stuff we'd rap about you know art and music and got to know each other artistically like that uh and he was like do you have an idea for a lazy song and i said sure yeah let me call you back in like 30 minutes i'm on a job you know i was like building something at the time and uh I didn't have it, so I like riffed when I called him back, and from there we sort of created the, the what the lazy song is now. Yeah, let's do, the, let's do the Saul Levitz clip. Saul Levitz is a music video commissioner, the only music video commissioner that we had on the podcast um, thus far, I guess. And um, he, for Sony Columbia, yes, exactly. And he was um, in our favorite music video of 2012, Houdini, directed by Daniels, and uh, he. <laughs> his role wasn't just like standing in the background he had like a kind of like a, a, a dramatic role so um he told us a story about how he ended up in that music video yeah we de- we definitely want to hear how you ended up being in it also okay so it was kind of funny the, the band has two managers um brent and brett and uh originally we show up on the first day of shooting where we're really kind of shooting linear linearly Lin- is that the right word literally lit I think that's close. I think, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, hey, is, is Brett here? He said he was going to be in the video. And just to back up a little bit, Daniels are kind of obsessed with like meta casting. They want everything to be very like real, there to be some inside joke. Um, 
involved. Like if you could bring your family down and they put them in the video or like your long lost cousin or somebody who, you know, um, waited at a table for you that morning, they want to have all those, those connections kind of involved to heighten the experience for everybody. And, you know, they had this role in there, which was the band manager and uh, one of the real managers they had wanted to play. And we get to set and they're like, okay, we got to do this shot. Is, uh, is Brett here? And I'm like, no, he's not here. Let me call him. He's like, because we got to get started shooting. So I get Brett a call and I'm like, hey, the guy said you're supposed to be in this in the video and that they're about to shoot. Are you almost here? And he's like, I never said that. I never <laughs> the video. I told him I didn't want to be in the video. And I'm like, okay. So I called the other manager. I was like, do you want to do it? But you got to get here soon because they want to shoot. And he's like, no way. He was just more like stone face. Like, I don't show up in videos. <laughs> Okay, so I go back to Dan. I'm like, look, they said there was a miscommunication here. They're not going to do it. And literally, they kind of scan everyone that's standing around. And they come back to me, and they're like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, nah, I got to kind of do my thing as the commissioner on set. And they're like, look, it's one thing. Like, you just got to go. We'll put you in this sweater, and you just have to do this look. And I was kind of like, okay, assuming, honestly, that it was one shot. So I was going to go in, do a reaction or whatever, and that was going to be the end of it. It turned out we did it. Everybody, including the band, like was so like, oh, wow. And I, I guess I got, a, got caught up in, uh, in all that. And then they were like, okay, by the way, like, you know, this is a role that, you know, it was a two-day shoot that, that we're going to have to go back to. So I was like, okay. And I'm, Originally, I would have been like, no, thinking it was just one shot, but I think everybody kind of tricked me into it. <laughs> like, you're co-starring with the, the van in this video. And <laughs> up the whole thing that was all about it and getting meta on it and, and, and digging into my character. And, and I loved it because I think uh, the video, I mean, it's hard for me to kind of separate. Like, this is one of the best videos I've ever worked on. And I showed it to people and they were like, of course it is. You're in it. So there you have it. Those are some of our favorite moments of uh, all 100 episodes of the podcast. When you look at this list, I mean, of of episodes, it's kind of, you know, we don't really look back on stuff a lot. Um, it's pretty interesting, the number of, uh, and the sort of the, the breadth of people we talked to um, over the podcast. And I would encourage you, if you want to check it out, everything is available online. We're in the process of putting everything on SoundCloud. Um, so, but they're all but they're all on the site, Aro. Yeah, you can just re- listen to them, the MP3s or whatever. Um, but if you just go to imvdb.com slash podcast, you'll get everything, including the show, you know, notes, um, links to music videos that we mentioned, all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and if and if we, we didn't really, you know, I listened to a lot of these. We didn't really have clips um, for them all, but some really great interviews, um, you know, from the past. Definitely, uh, as you mentioned, the. Um, from really early on, the Jason Goldwatch one was great. Um, uh, Josh Forbes was really good. Um, uh, Dan Ekman had some interesting moments. All the ones with Dugan O'Neill, Isaac Shakara, Todd Ankasawan, um, Warren Fu, A.G. Rojas. Um, those those are all some really uh, great uh, Daniels. Those are some uh, other ones that I really want to also direct you to. Gosh, Dave Ma. Michael so, Q. Schmidt. Schmidt, Schmidt, who also is in our video, our dumb video. So uh, I mean, Jonathan Delgado, um, well, Saman Kesh, obviously, uh, 
LeBlanc, LeBlanc and Cudmore, who also just won, award at, won an award at the Prison Prize. Um, Forklops, who do uh, um, interactive music videos. Jonathan Wells, who runs... Ellis um, Ball, right after his Breeze Blocks video release and before he did a lot of other sweet, awesome music videos. Uh, Timothy Sassenti, uh, Caroline Bottomley from Radar Music Videos. Hannah Lux Davis, uh, from December 2012. Um, she's done a lot of amazing videos since then, so it's interesting to listen to that video. Declan Whitebloom, who's worked with uh, Taylor Swift and many others. James Larice of Syndrome. We have Dave Mosh, Jane Drake, Cam- Cameron Duddy. It's um, it's been a really pretty awesome list of uh, names on there. So go listen to them talk about their music videos. Other than the, these clips that we pulled out, which just was which just was kind of random. But uh, and but then awesome. there, and then there were the shit episodes. Yeah, well, I was just I was just gonna add something to that. Actually, as awesome as it is, uh, the hundredth episode and that. Uh, at least in regards to the TV world, when you do a best of episode, you're very close to jumping shark. So I'm expecting that like within two or three podcasts from now, we're (laughs) just going to lose the format and we're going to bring in like people that have nothing to do with music videos. No, you're right. Homeless people. Yeah. This might be going to come on and talk about his, his, uh, uh, whatever he wants to talk about. Um, I think we just, we need gimmicks now going forward. Like next week, Adam's dogs can host the podcast. (laughs) That'll be next week's episode. I think we should just do it every week. Well, I think crazy. We need, to, to address the, the the sort of shift in tone because Adam, I, you, I think the first episode you joined us on was episode seventy five, ASAP Fairhome. I think was the name of yep. the podcast. Um, close, yep. And so it's March now, so that's a substantial amount of time. So that's there, there have kind of been two kind of eras of the podcast, you know, sort of be, be, <laughs> yeah. before Adam and after Adam. <laughs> And yeah. we've kind of shifted a little bit. And, you know, like I mentioned, interviews take a, a lot of work. Um, we might go back to interviews. We're concentrating on the site they'll, right now. But um, they'll sprinkle in. You'll see some. Definitely, yeah. They um, haven't gone They haven't gone away. But Adam, and, this, and this clip show re- reinforces that. <laughs> but Adam Alexander has been a huge part of the podcast going forward. Adam... You've been you've uh, you've added a third voice. It was just Doug and I for seventy five episodes or seventy four, I should say. I think this. Yeah, I sweet. think this calls this this calls for um, the uh, a, a applause loop from GarageBand. Put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, thanks, Adam. Thanks. Uh, that was that was sweet. Um, well, as, well, now as we we march on, we have many more th- um, episodes to go. We have many more music videos to talk about and. This week is uh, just like the rest of them. We have stuff to talk about, and um, we should. I, I think yeah, I think we should do it. We just just shed all of our sentimentality of our hundred episodes. That's all gone. We've thanked everybody. We've listened to the clips. And now we are moving on to the never-ending stream of music videos that fall into our laps every day. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think I want to start off by start off with. A music video that was, I think it may have the, the award for the most amount of credits in our database. Yeah, and, I think it gets it. And it is currently sitting at a comfortable lead with uh, close to 19 million views. And that is uh, GUI by Lady Gaga, directed by Lady Gaga. To keep things brief, we should talk about the three minute edit, though. Is there a three-minute edit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the heck? Where's that? That's going to push her over 20 mil. That one just came out today. Oh, oh wow. wow. So I didn't it's even a three see minutes it. Blows, 
It's just it's basically well, just the GUI portion of the video, just the song, uh, just that song. Well, to be fair, four minutes of the eleven-minute version are credits. <laughs> True enough. There are a lot of credits, and and you're right, Adam, because I was watching this earlier today, and a lot of like maybe like there's like a three or f- three minute prologue which is clips of other songs from yeah. the album um which is something that she hasn't really at least to my knowledge done before they've always been sort of singular ones and obviously this is billed yeah. as a, a video just for guy but they wanted to get those extra songs in there she's had intros and stuff and, and like an extended length videos but yeah i don't think she's done one with clips you're probably right on that and they all fit together into sort of the whole, the the whole thing. I guess this is this is at the point of the album cycle. You know, remember um, uh, this single is I think the third from Art Pop, which is you you know at the, at the end of last year around September there were kind of the, the three amigos of women um, pop artists. There was Lady Gaga with Art Pop, Katy Perry with Prism, and Miley Cyrus with uh, Bangers. And I don't know. It feels like you know. I remember Lady Gaga had that uh, Thanksgiving special. I don't know if you guys ever wa- guys watched that. The Thanksgiving special with the Muppets. With the, with the Muppets yeah, that, yeah, which was awful. And I was hey, just, it's fun. Well, Muppets are awesome. It was. It was. Come a, on. <laughs> there were very few Muppets. That's the thing. Um, that's true. That, it was that very was, self in, very self indulgent. And for a while, it, there was that. I felt like the Lady Gaga album was kind of fading into obscurity. We had that great uh, video for um, applause, but the, but applause and that video was the the branding video. You know, the first kind of shot in the dark branding video. Now we're getting to the point of the album cycle. For Lady Gaga's last um, album, we are getting like the Mary the Night uh, territory, which is of a similar length, although did not have the credits. So it was an actual ten-minute video directed by Lady Gaga that came out and you know was around like the third or fourth single from the album, but now it seems like this. I mean, this video and was, that video and that video was terrible. That was a that was an awful video. But now we're now it feels like a little bit more of a revival actually than like kind of bogging it down. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I mean, this has been a, a, a substantially popular video. Oh, yeah. I think it's a great Gaga video for sure. I like it a lot, actually. It's a good one, and you're right. It is sort of a return to form. Uh, it reminds me of some of her better videos, definitely. Sort of reminiscent of Born This Way and uh, at Bad Romance. Well, maybe not Born This Way, but definitely has a Bad Romance vibe to it. Maybe not as dark, but yeah, definitely. Cool. And you know, one of the the uh, interesting things about this is it was filmed at the Hearst Castle in California. Or Hearst Mansion, sorry. I think it's called the Hearst Castle officially, which is a uh, mansion that was built by William Randolph Hearst, who was the inspiration for Citizen Kane, um, who sort of operated this mansion in the 20s and 30s, uh, which is now owned by the state of California and operated as a, as a you know historical site. But they are very, very stingy with granting access to this castle for filming, uh, with the amount of like mansion rapper rapper videos we see coming down the pipeline, I can see why, um, because I think they would all love to film this, this castle. Um, but they let Lady Gaga film there, and part of the whole deal apparently was a very large donation to the foundation, as well as a PSA that Lady Gaga did for the preservation of the castle. Um, so there was, you know, the location of this plays a, a huge role in it. 
Yeah, and she sure. kept it alive for a couple of years. Definitely, I think it was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar contribution. Yeah, uh, is is what I read. That then, so I think I think you put that on the like that event essentially is on the budget of the video. Then I would think so. Yeah, and you know, like we mentioned, this has a ton of credits, and this has the only there were a few credits that we had to add for this. Um, One of them was a sculptor, and I put in the. Um, notes box Lego sculptor uh, Nathan Sawaya is credited as Lego sculptor the only person in the database to be credited as that and there is a tiny very very small maybe two or three second bit where Lady Gaga has like a Lego torso in her actual head there's a lot of we- there's a lot of like one off stuff in this video that that leads to a very very large art department. Yeah, I actually yeah, that was one of that's one of the things. There's a lot of really short shots that I would like to see a little bit more of that that seem to cut very quickly. Like the the shot with, uh, I'm not sure exact. It's it's such a quick shot that I only really see Michael Jackson emerging and uh, maybe the Pope is one of the figures. But I get what they're doing. They've got like a bunch of iconic uh, figures that emerge, but so short. I, I wish that would have been used more prominently. It's a cool idea. Yeah, there, that, that was one of those ideas where it's sort of kind of hinted at, but nothing has really played out. This was a huge, huge video. Uh, director of photography was Thomas Kloss. Um, editor was Harvey White. Shakira. <laughs> Adam, did you watch the Shakira video? I did. It had a, actually back to the Hunger Games again. It has a bit of a catching fire uh, kind of a theme to it with the burning dress. That she catches impression. fire. You're yeah, right. well, there's a, there's a there's a, a fiery dress in uh, in Catching Fire too, which is uh, reminiscent of this. So this one was directed by our good friends at uh, um, the Uprising Creative. Directed by they they usually have several teams. people, yeah, teams in the director chair. Well, so. mostly it's these three guys. Yeah, yeah, Darren Craig, Jonathan Craven, and Jeff Nicholas who make up the Uprising Creative. So that makes sense. And I was really excited when I saw that that they were doing this video because they've done a lot of fantastic work lately. Um, it's I, it's so interesting that like they they just started directing videos like they really kind of as as music video directors came on the scene with that Justin Timberlake video last year and then since then they've just like oh yeah just Rihanna Shakira just like huge <laughs> huge name artists it's like we'll just take these jobs no problem and 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 I think they do a great job right you did, what'd you think of Empire I thought this was a really great video I'm a I'm a big fan of Shakira and I think. In her past career, maybe like past earlier than 2000, 2009 and earlier, I feel like she's been sort of mishandled in terms of um, music videos. There are some exceptions to that, but I haven't really been super excited about some of her music videos. Um, but this one was really a lot markedly classier, especially when you when you're kind of compare it to the "Can't Remember to Forget You" uh, video with Joseph Kahn. Yeah. Or directed by Joseph Kahn. But yeah, you, Adam, you're right. I definitely had the catching fire thing with the dress. There was a lot of really beautiful shots in this. I'm not sure yeah, where they shot video. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the dress that Shakira wears is off-white, um, appropriately. But she is... Uh, I don't know. She, she, she could probably move some wedding dresses with this. I don't know. Are you saying off-white? You're suggesting that Shakira has, has had sex with her? I don't know. I'm like 60% sure Shakira has had sex. 
Yeah, I think 60%. All right, I'm with you there. <laughs> but there's some beautiful, beautiful, like, obviously she's not in front of a green screen. They went to wherever this was shot and got these shots. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. This might be a, a kind of career transition video for Shakira because, you know, she's 37. In the She-Wolf era, era, she was, you know, early 30s, and she was definitely still continuing the, the sexy Shakira thing. And, you know, obviously with the Can't Remember to Forget You video, she was continuing that as well. But, you know, she's on The Voice. She, she's kind of settling into this reality TV slash, you know, kind of more, you know, comfortable career mode. And this video definitely fits into that really well. Because it's still really classy. It's still a really great video. Um, but it's not... Uh, and, you know, she's putting up huge numbers from it. Um, but it's not anything too crazy like her, you know, Hips Don't Lie and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, Waka Waka, This Time for Africa Days. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone's clear, I'm Team Blake Shelton on The Voice. I don't know about you guys. Do you get The Voice in Canada, Adam? Yeah, yeah, and I do watch it. I'm not Team Blake Shelton. <laughs> I, I, I would actually probably have to say I do like Blake Shelton, but in terms of, of coaching, I got to go with Adam on that. Levine, I say, I, yeah, you're a I Levine say, guy. Yeah, I, I think so. I think his, his selections uh, mesh up with mine more often than not. What about Usher? How's Usher? Usher was good too, but he he was only on for one season, right? And then they brought oh, he's back. On it now. Uh, is he he's back, back on again? He's back. Oh, and again. I'm I'm missing out then because uh, he was <laughs> good. Switching. He was a good coach. I, I thought he was good too. They bounced is between. Silo's C- gone though. Silo's gone. Well, so it's funny. They've done four seasons of The Voice, and two of the seasons have been Silo. Like they keep going back and forth. They keep swapping Silo and Usher, and they keep swapping Christina Aguilera and Shakira. Uh, now they've gone back and forth now so shakira is is shakira back shakira is back now too yeah oh i missed it because that i liked shakira was awesome she was probably but it's weird they're like we got the white guys we know what white guys we want it's the black guy (laughs) and the spanish lady that we can't get right we're just we can't figure it out um, oh my yeah. god! Now I have never. Now here's a confession: I've never seen this show before. On honest to goodness, I've never seen this an episode of The Voice. Um, well, you clearly don't live with my parents. No, <laughs> are they? Are they, are they big no, Voice fans? No, they just they just watch whatever network The Voice comes on though, and so I see the commercials. NBC. Um, yeah. But it's funny because in Canada, you know, I talked to my my grandmother in Canada, and for some, uh, and when I go there. Some shows are just like imported wholesale. Like it's just like here's the voice. There's no like nationality to it, but they do have like Canadian versions for things. Like for instance, Canadian Idol instead of American Idol, obviously. But the best one that I've yet to see an episode of in in Canada, and Adam, I don't know if you've seen this. Instead of Dancing with the Stars, they apparently have a show called Blades of Glory. Yes, they do. And instead of uh, instead of like just like B celebrities, they have hockey players, and it's figure skating. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> He's so the 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 shame and disappointment in Adam Alexander's voice. Because oh. every time my 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 I have not seen I have not I also not ever seen an episode of that, but I do I do know that it exists. I fucking never watched that. Yeah, because every time my nana is talking about that, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this this show can't be real. 
this can't be a thing that exists, and I always forget to Google it. So anyway, in, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the Google results for Blades of Steel. To every episode of Blades of <laughs> Steel. <laughs> um, so Adam, do you have anything that uh, we should be looking at for this week? Oh, wow, real quick, uh, what pops to mind? No, you can take all, uh, we, we yeah, don't have any, all, yeah, we don't have any time restrictions time here. Nobody gives a shit. We, the, there's a hundred, uh, there's a hundred hours of us talking, we can keep, go a little longer. Probably the one that sticks out for me the most right now, without having a look at what came out, is the, uh, the Pains of Being Pure at Heart video from earlier sometime this week. Uh, the song was called Simple and... Is it Simple and Sure? Sure, yeah. Yeah, that one. That's the one. That that one sticks out for me. That was a really great video. Um, it kind of has black and white, and it kind of has uh, um, like the GIF kind of a style to it, where they like take a frame and they kind of like repeat it back and forth, like a bunch of short little uh, sequences like that. But then it also advances a plot that's really interesting too. There's a little bit of a storyline to the whole thing, and it's kind of like a dinner party that goes wacky and and uh, and gets messy. And yeah, that that one there, I really enjoy that video. That one's sticking out for me so far at this point in the week. I my my audio dropped out for a second. Did you say the name? Did you say the director? No, I did it. Uh, um, it's uh, Ali Ty- Ali Spin. Yeah, yeah. Her, her Ali, name is hard to say. Her name is hard hard to say, but man, she makes some fucking great music videos. Yeah, too. definitely. She's she, God, she's good. Like I, I'm I'm a huge, I'm a massive fan of hers. She's yeah, me she too. Makes, she makes some fantastic music videos. Just For some sure. like. Really, really unique stuff. Really unique stuff. And um, she operates a, a like I don't really know how that all works. Like she operates as bangs, correct? It's a it's um is it a collective of directors? Yeah, or is it- it's not directors. It's like basically like bangs is what her and the DP and the producer um uh all work together. Owen Donovan is the director of photography and Trace Henderson the producer and the three of them they make up bangs. Uh-huh. I, I, I believe that's sense. how it works. Pretty they sure make, that's how it works. They make fucking awesome music videos. Oh man, gosh. <laughs> so, so and, and out of New York, out of New York City. Um, yeah, really, really great stuff. That's that's probably my favorite of the week too. But but um, I'm gonna tell you another one I liked because uh, I'm gonna say it's my turn if that's um, okay with you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I really liked um, this good mistake video by Mr. Little Jeans, directed by Ian and Cooper. Did you guys yes. watch this video? Mm-hmm. Another this cool is a, one. This is a vibey ass video. Vibey, I like that word. Now I say that. Um, <laughs> what's what's your take on uh, what's your take on the on the sort of the story or the uh, the symbolism of this one? I man. have a bit of one. All right, you go because I don't. I, man, I just like this was so like. Maybe maybe you could tell me if you think it makes sense. I, I just think that uh, so basically the central character is a truck driver, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of got the feeling that um, maybe he's sort of uh, like reliving his memories, but kind of in a visual sense. Like, do you kind of get that feeling? He looks well, at the a- picture of him and his you know, and, and a wife or a girlfriend. Well, at he's one obviously point. like depressed about something, right? He's taking all these pills and he's drinking while driving. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's I think that's like some depression elements going on as well, but definitely like um, some reminiscing going on. Yeah, especially in the last portion there. 
Yeah, for sure. That that was the feeling that I got from it. But yeah, you're right. Like in terms of mood and everything, it's definitely. Yeah, yeah. Really and the good. way that the way they blend the performance stuff with the um, with the narrative is also really good. It, it takes place basically mainly on a, on a highway, kind of a desolate highway, and um, and at a, like a truck stop. And um, I, I don't. I I'm not super familiar with Mr. Little Jeans. Um, are you, Adam? Uh, some uh, which which Adam which either Adam either. I, I am not. Oh, okay. So I I, I am. Mr. Little, um, it's just so it's just that girl, right? That's Mr. Little Jeans. She goes by that, um, right? Is that do I have um, that right? I I believe so. Yeah. I mean, she's a she's a uh, a pop artist, and she right. is definitely she might have um like um sometimes the way those groups work is they'll have like a producer that's always a part of that act yeah. as well. So it might sure. be a case of that. But yeah, no, it's basically her and uh she just yeah, just dropped an album this week uh Pocket oh, Knife. Is it awesome? It, it it's pretty good. It's I've only given it a once through, but I'm definitely a fan and I'd heard and some singles prior too, so she's good. And those her performance, she's like performing in like this smoked out phone booth for a lot oh, yeah, of the you know? phone booth is awesome. And yeah, gosh, so cool. And she's really like interesting to watch. And there's a lot of backlit stuff with her as well. Um, and yeah, I was just really interested with this video. And Ian and Cooper, obviously, um, uh, I saw at South by Southwest. They won um, for their back to me video by Joel Compass while there. And it's just really interesting. This is just a personal thing for me is that I drove to South by Southwest, as you guys know, and I spent some time at the night at truck stops. And that like connects with Ian Cooper. What kind of truck stops? I mean, just regular. I didn't do any any riffraffian stuff, but uh, I didn't do any like something about Mary stuff. Hmm. Yeah, truck stop. I love road trips because you can get. Uh, I mean, the places where you stop, there's so many snacks. It's a lot of different. Snacks. Oh yeah, right. So much snacks, and you get them. You get it's them all in your states. The snacks at the truck stops are better in the states. And they are. Oh. It's, your, it's your excuse. It's your they excuse. They're much like better. Peanut M and M's and 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 uh, uh, Rangaloos. Well, we don't have we don't have uh, Aero bars down here, and that kind of bums me. I out. don't know. You guys have way better snacks. <laughs> way way better. I just have to say that. So you guys have these um, weird M and M's Smarties that come in little cardboard rectangle tubes. Smarties <laughs> aren't gross. Smarties are gross. They are. Nobody's like had a Smarties not, McFlurry today. It was, it was fucking. Not awesome. another. Not another fucking word about Smarties. I swear. Oh man, when I was a kid, we used to have McDonald's pizza in Canada. Anyway, oh, yeah. you guys that are was gross. Good Every, shit too. Everyone's that gross. Good. That's pretty Everyone's good pizza. Gross. Yeah. Um, Everyone's gross. I've been reading about Shakira's personal life. Um, That's weird. So do you not have a favorite music video for this week? The Order and the Court by Odonis Odonis video. Doug, yeah, you be, Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the cell the cell song by Fan Far- Farlow is kind of similarly yeah. animated, but uh, but I like them both a lot, and so I, I picked them both. But yeah, I really like that Order in the Court one as well. Um, it's just yeah, really it's like weird, weird but old style, almost like greeting card style animation, or kind of like or, a Monty Python. Yeah, that's a better way of, to describe uh, it. Greeting too, card eh? style. I, I felt like I was watching Monty Python. It's, it's yeah, cool. that's way better. Is it Terry Gilliam? Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. has it has um, definitely has sh- shades of that, and I think one of the other things it has shades of is I don't know. It's been a long time since so I took an art history class and this kind of thing, of just you know it reminds me of like the the illustrations for like a Dante's Inferno. Um, yeah, right. You're and right. it brings that stuff to life. Definitely, and there actually you can tell there are p- p- pieces of this that are actual paintings. Yeah, I mean, right. 
and they animate them together and like put them on like put them in weird do make them do weird yeah and it is a very interesting mix it is sort of this is sort of music video i think would be a a complete trip to watch high um so (laughs) and uh, and that being said also the 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 band themselves are kind of a crazy awesome weird band too so you have to have something like a crazy awesome visual to go with odonis odonis and this is definitely one of those it's crazy so if you have any if you get your pack your get your psychedelics together put them in a box and send them to um, Adam Fairholme, care of IMBDB, <laughs> uh, and let Adam help Adam get high to watch Order in the Court by Adonis Adonis. Please, for our hundredth episode, help us do that. Otherwise, I'm just gonna smoke the first thing I find that I, when I walk outside. Yep. Um, Gross. So I think that may be our hundredth episode, you guys. Where do we go from here? It's like you know what what, what happens next. Um, I guess we have to do some soul searching. So. Anyway, thank you everybody to who's ever been on the podcast up until this point. Go and uh, if you're you know working during the day, put on one of our channels. Put on um, Music Video Land or Fringe Music Fix, which has been my jam for the last few days. Um, just plays music videos one after the other, um, and we'll see you guys in 101. So it's funny you mentioned Hunger Gangs because I'm just trying. I'm looking through our our Twitter. I don't know if Adam, if you saw this tweet. We 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 premiered a video the other day. I did and, see a bit of that. And did you see his this guy's tweet? The um, his hold on. It's um, it's back ways. Hold on. Hey, Nicholas Miguelis. Um, yeah, Sean Ashley Collins tweeted. My aunt wrote Hunger Games. Like, hold on, I'm... Yeah, here we go. My aunt wrote The Hunger Games. Watch my new video from Skip Whitman. This is the director, Sean Ashley Collins. That's not true, though. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm like, okay, well, Sean Ashley Collins. Maybe. Well, let's, let's just see. So I, I looked up Hunger Games. And yeah, her last name is... But the, it was by Sula- Suzanne Collins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... but that's one of his. That's a joke, though. I th- I'm pretty sure because if you remember, we also interviewed Sean uh, a year or two ago, and uh, he about his song um, "Jews and Blacks." And one of the other lines, you know, and, and one of the other lines of that song, if you remember, one of my favorite quotables from that, and that, that, that was a video chats interview, so we can't go to any of this sound. But um, uh, in that, in um, if you remember one quote from that interview, he's like, I had mad backpacks and stuff when he was talking about, like, his grandma wanting him to bring his camera equipment home. Anyway, uh, that was a t- – <laughs> sorry. I remember too much about this. But anyway, he he also, like, in that song alludes to the fact that, like, Phil Collins is his uncle. And that can't that can't both be true. Phil Collins can't be his uncle and his aunt. It can't be the Hunger Games lady. Well, hold so, on, hold on. Let's see if Suzanne Collins is 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 uh, related, related to, to Phil, Phil, Collins? Phil Collins. Hold on, here we go. Because that would be we would know that already, or someone would know that. Well, there's a lot of things to know in the world. Okay, so I just did a, <laughs> I did a, I did a search search for Phil Collins on Suzanne Collins uh, Wikipedia page. I, I feel. Hold on, let me do a Google for. 
Um, Suzanne Collins, Phil Collins. Should we just call? Should we just try to patch in Sean right now in well, the middle of our clip yeah. show? Well, <laughs> the middle of our clip show, and uh... here we go. Here we go. Wiki answers, which is also always completely one hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. Is author Suzanne Collins related to singer Phil Collins? Click to see answer. No, that's it. <laughs> that's all it says. <laughs> okay, so we're good. <laughs>